Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Good morning. Hopefully we're acting right here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers. 50-50. Yeah, that's, so which 50 are you, which 50 am I? Are you <laughs> We'll have to we'll let, we'll let everybody else out there decide. We'll have to figure that out. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. We're you know what I mean? So we better act right. We are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, as well as ESPN Tri-Cities in central Nebraska. Shout out to all our central Nebraska peeps out there. We've got a Twitter, YouTube, all the things. Mm-hmm. All of the internet things that you can think of that are, you know, age appropriate. You can find us there. <laughs> that are in a reasonable realm. Yeah, the the what the SFW, Safe for Work Places on the <laughs> right. Internet. That's where you can find us. Um, if you wonder what uh, Andrew and I do before we're on the air. So yesterday we were trying to recall from memory pretty well, I might add, the 2011 Texas Rangers mm-hmm. for, I mean, for obvious reasons. It's the last I had Rangers. A, I had an advantage yeah, because your the Cardinals, Cardinals were played against there. them. So um, I knew five off the rip. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, so we were, you know, Rangers made their mm-hmm. their first uh, World Series since 2011. So, obviously, we have to, you know, just try and remember, just name random baseball players from that Texas Rangers team. Uh, this morning, Andrew, we're sitting down, and he goes, you know how bad that 2013 NFL draft was? <laughs> and so he starts reading names, and uh, for some reason, I was like, you know, it would be fun for me to just see if I can – Starting rattling off the colleges. Yeah, positions and colleges from where all these guys uh, were from. And I was killing it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can attest. I Yeah, so that's what the <laughs> that's what the off, the off hours of the show looks like. We're like those two old guys that just sit around naming 90s baseball players. And we go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he was good. He was good. Uh, that's basically what happens in the breaks, which – uh, personally, I love that's <laughs> just sitting around naming old sports things is one of my favorite pastimes. Sometime or, or someday, at least, we're going to have to come in and do the Immaculate Grid because you've been talking about it for a while now. And yeah. that like would fit right into what we do in the morning. It does. Yeah, they're tricky, though. They are. They're pretty. Some of them are pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they're time consuming for sure. But if we are. time like if we gave ourselves 10 minutes or yeah. something like that. We could probably get it done. The other thing we could do is one of us could do it before the show to get a score mm-hmm. and give ourselves a time limit, and then the other person can do it live and try and figure out if they can beat the score. Ooh. Maybe we have a new game for okay, Friday. Okay, okay. Maybe we have a new game for Friday. Let's type this down <laughs> because we will forget about it. I, we will 100% forget about it. We're a little bit uh, like goldfish there. Um, coming up on the show today, we've got a great – program lined up for you we've got our guy brian christopherson at 8 a.m from husker. oh my gosh yes from yes husker 24 7 that was a weird clip i don't know <laughs> if i like that change uh we've got andy kendy from ketv at 8 30 uh new guest this morning at 8 45 andy clausen from the uh wtl podcast it's a betting podcast we'll talk about uh some nebraska and big 10 betting with andy there and then the entire 9 o'clock hour, special treat for you today, the entire mm-hmm. 9 o'clock hour, our very own Avery Howard will be in studio. Avery. Uh, talking uh, sports mostly, but also we're going to play the Guess Who game. 
Yeah. Which I am excited about. Which to, so let me explain to you yes. what I was trying to explain over you text. Texted this to me, and I was like, I'm sure it's not as complicated as it sounds, but when you said that. My mind felt like the first time I watched Interstellar, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> so you came in with a celebrity or an athlete or somebody today, right? Yeah. So you have somebody on the brain. Mm-hmm. You don't share that, okay? I'm not going to tell you. So Shane, Avery, and I mm-hmm. will try to guess your person. Okay. But we have to alternate asking questions. Okay. So if I go first, I would say, is it a male? You don't say yes or no. Like At the time, you'll say yes yeah. or no. If you say yes, then I have to guess a random athlete or celebrity mm-hmm. that's a male. Okay. Okay? And I would say... Taylor? <laughs> Keep going, Shane. That's not on my brain. Devontae? No. Um, Kenny... Yes, Kenny Pickett. That's who it was. And you would say no, unless it was Kenny Pickett out of the, the crazy the circumstance. Yeah. And you'd say, oh, my gosh, You're what just happened? <laughs> So then Shane would go. So he knows he's a male. So Shane's not asking that question, too. Shane's now going to ask, is he an athlete? You'd say no. So it's a group effort here. Right. But you have to remember everybody's. But whoever gets it right gets a point. Or we're going to play for people that call in because we have UNO hockey tickets to give away today against Ohio State on Friday. That's a big matchup. So when are we playing the game just so we can let people know? 9.30. 9.30 is the game. So if you want to play, you'll call in. You'll attach yourself to a personality on the show, mm-hmm. whether that's Avery, Ravi, myself, or Shane. Whoever's giving the clue you can't obviously Choose. be with. Yeah. But if that per- say Ravi wins for my prompt, then you win out there. So you're betting on one of us. Correct. Okay. If we, if so it sounded a lot more complicated did. over text. Uh, if Shane's world's any indication, I don't know if anybody will be betting on Shane, mm-hmm. but don't blame Shane. It's also, you know, it might just, it's not naming Adam Sandler movies, so he might be okay. <laughs> that is true. Oh, come on, Shane. Unless the prompt is Adam Sandler, and <laughs> if that's the case, then Shane is that would, screwed. That would be mean. Well, may, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, so that's what's coming up on the show today. Uh, good stuff for you. A lot going on. Uh, the Diamondbacks punched their ticket to the World Series. Yeah, that was a great game. Um, I, I thought for sure yeah. that Game 7 had Phillies written all over it. I did it. too. I really did. Um, you know, coming in, you have Ranger, who was unbelievable. And, and that's not to say that Fat wasn't either. But Ranger is like a postseason pro. Last year, he was fantastic in the postseason. This year, he was unbelievable in the postseason. I just thought that the Diamondbacks would have a really hard time in front of that crowd, too, in Mm -hmm. Philly to um, put together hits, to, to, to rally in an inning, to get guys on base. And it showed to be a non-issue for them. Uh, They took the crowd out of it right away. I remember... It was either the third inning or the fourth. I, I think it was the third because I was completely shocked when I saw it that the, that the Diamondbacks had seven hits already yeah. in, like, the third inning. Uh, that, to me, was like, you know, the, the, the instant, hmm, maybe I should second-guess my pick coming into tonight. <laughs> Even though I think the Phillies were up 2-1 at that point. Yeah. Seeing yeah. how well they were, they were – um, Seeing pitches against Ranger Suarez, mm-hmm. I thought to myself that th- this could get dangerous. This could get yeah. nuts. And then the Phillies, 
I think we're feeling a little bit of the same because they had guys warming up in the third or second and then sat them down. Same guy warming up in the third. Let's replace Ranger. Oh, now we're going to actually have Zach Wheeler come into the game at some point because we got a guarantee that we're going to put zeros on the scoreboard. It was almost as if the Phillies didn't trust their bullpen as much as the Diamondbacks did because when they pulled fat, it was all relief pitching. Mm -hmm. Relief pitching this, relief pitching that. And Paul Sewald is, I mean, talk about one of the best closers in the game and coming out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, pitching for the Mariners earlier this year, <laughs> getting traded. Now he is the closer on a World Series team. Uh, he was projected to be behind Munoz in, in Seattle this year. Right. And now he's the, the, the main guy, the focal point of your bullpen. Doesn't it always kind of seem – it seems like the best closers kind of come out of nowhere. Like, it seems like one of the harder things to predict. I mean, every mm -hmm. once in a while you – Unless just, you're one of the top three. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it seems – and even a lot of those guys that end up being in those top spots, they kind of have strange career paths a lot of times. Like, um, I think, like, was it like – I know he's not one of the top guys anymore, but, like, Kenley Jansen mm -hmm. was a catcher for uh, coming up. True. And then he just – they're like, oh, maybe you should pitch. Um, you have guys that are kind of like washed out starters this is going back a little ways, but like Eric Gagne, terrible starter becomes like the most dominant yeah. closer of that era in like late 2000s era of, of, of major league baseball. It just seems like there's a lot of just randomness in terms of where these elite, uh, elite arms come from out of the bullpen. And, and it's probably a lot of like bullpens usually like not your first option pretty much ever. Sure. Right. You know, well, you like, want to be a starter right, you're a yeah. pitcher, or if you're a position player, like you only come out of the bullpen yeah. when you play good enough. 12 year old baseball and you're the shortstop on the team. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, we need another arm. You're going to go in. Right. And so it's, it's kind of a strange, it, it's sort of a strange position in the sense that you almost have to, and it's a very, it's a very baseball-y thing. You almost have to fail before you can even get to the position where you're going to succeed. Well, Rick Ankiel was a perfect example of that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the dude just, he's a really good pitcher, gets the yips, goes back mm -hmm. down to the minors, becomes a position player, and has a nice long stretch as a position player after several years in the minors. hit the backstop. <laughs> right, yeah. And then he ends up just mashing for a, mm -hmm. a handful of years. It's just a very strange, like the finding guys that are confident in the bullpen – because that's what a lot of the closing is, right? Like, a lot of guys throw 98, 99, 100 now. That's not that Well, and that's, and that's half the battle. You have to be able to do that in order to have a roster right. spot on teams. And so, but, but most of the guys on the rosters have that ability, right? But there's still a bunch of dudes that you just don't want anywhere near those high-leverage situations. And so, so much of it is mental. But you're dealing with guys in bullpen arms that have already failed at what they were trying to do, for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. Most guys don't come out as ready-made closers, even guys that you draft from college in that role, sometimes that's kind of what you're going for, but usually those are later round draft picks and stuff like that. It's just a, it's, it's a thing that fascinates me because it's not one of those positions that you sort of like pigeonhole early. You know, almost every other position, whether it's in baseball or basketball, football, whatever, you pigeonhole that person in that position early and figure out like, hey, we think they can be this so let's let's kind of prepare them for that. You know, you hear Coach Rule talk about it a lot of, of like preparing guys and putting them in situations to be successful. Bullpen arms almost the exact opposite. You put them in a position 
they had to have failed to end up there in the position now, and then you need them to be wildly confident and successful to have any chance of winning in the postseason. It just It's such a super strange dynamic to mm-hmm. me. TK on YouTube is regretting cashing out his Diamondbacks World Series bet. Oh, no. Yeah, he can't be doing that. You, oh. And you know what? I'm not a, I'm not a cash-outer. If, if it, that doesn't shock a lot of people. No, you're degenerate. riding with it? Yeah, I'm – oh, hands down. And I don't, I don't really get a lot of bets out there that have cash-outs. Okay. Because the bets that I do or, or place are so wild and insane but you're winning. that – if I parlay three guys to score goals in a hockey game, mm-hmm. well, it's so rare that this guy's going to score a goal in a hockey game that they're not going to offer a cash out because the odds of that happening already is like 12%, sure. like 15%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's even worse when I bet on a guy to hit a home run, which I did <laughs> bet on Alec Bohm to hit a home run yesterday, product of uh, Omaha, Nebraska. That's right, Omaha. Yeah, can you believe the uh, Huskers did not recruit him out of college uh, or out of college, out of high school? Yes, I can. He went to Wichita State, yep. and now he is what? Oh, um, the third baseman in Major League Baseball. There is a uh, there's a there's a proud tradition of Nebraska not uh, previous staffs at least not recruiting uh, high quality Omaha talent, and yeah. them ending up at various places, including Wichita State. But it is funny, though, going back to our point about um, just the mentality you have to have uh, this late in the postseason. You look at what the Rangers offer, and you look at what the Diamondbacks Mm -hmm. offer, and you would have to just think, on paper, you have to lean the Rangers' direction. Sure. The Diamondbacks are so young. So young. They are so, so young. And that's not to say that, oh, my goodness, yes, they have – you know, Cattell Marte and Zach Gallen, and I don't really know how old Merrill Kelly is, but he sounds older than he, he probably is. <laughs> I think just because his name is Merrill. Right. <laughs> uh, but they're just a very young baseball team. Yeah. And then you look on the other side of the spectrum, and you have guys that have been there before. You have Nathan Avaldi. Yeah. You have Max Scherzer. You have Corey Seager. Um, you, I, I could probably just keep, keep going off this list. Well, and the other thing about – I mean, the, and so they're, they're also kind of the – the total opposite ends of the spectrum and how they're built, right? I mean, Diamondbacks, homegrown, mm-hmm. young guys just coming up through the system. Most of these guys haven't gotten paid yet in terms of their big major league money. And then the the Rangers are pretty much all second or third contract guys. They, I mean, they were. This was a terrible baseball team two years ago, and they're like, hey, we don't want to be bad anymore. We're going to bring in some dudes, and they mm-hmm. committed to it. And I give them credit for that, committing to being a winning franchise. And they spent a ton of money to put this team together, and it's done exactly what they paid for. And they for. did it at the deadline, too, when they got yeah. Jordan Montgomery. They Bring added in, starting yeah. pitching. They like were, this, this is a team that if you, had to, if you were playing the show, mm-hmm. the video game, this is a team that you would build. Absolutely. This would not be a team that you wait 21 years for. No. In order to get back to the World Series. Yeah, this is, this is a uh, very Yankees-esque type of roster, especially in like the late 2000s. I mean, it's, it's a Dodgers roster of a few years ago. Yeah, Dodgers is a good example, a more recent example, yeah, of just a team that they're like, hey, let's just, let's just put this thing mm-hmm. together, right? Um, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people get kind of up in arms about like the building versus buying mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The fact is most teams you've got both, right? You've got guys that were, were 
brought up through the system and guys that you um, you 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 get in free agency or trades or whatever. But honestly, and I know this is super hypocritical. Hypocritical. As long as it's a team I don't like, I really don't care when people buy their roster. <laughs> Like when the Yankees do it, I'm like, oh, you bums. You've got no development. You've got no farm system. Mm-hmm. You're taking the easy way out. And, you know, but if the Red Sox were to do it, I'd be like, man, great. Yeah, great, great move. Great, great move. GM. <laughs> what a, like when they brought in J.D. Martinez and, you know, they're bringing in, like back in the day, they bring in like Josh Beckett. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm like, yes, absolutely. What a terrific move. That's how you use the farm system. You go sell them off for known commodities. I love it. Right. But Yankees do it. Astros do it. I'm like, oh, what a bunch of bums. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have said that once or twice when the Cubs won the World Series, but they were pretty homegrown to be. A lot of them with. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they they got some. They add. They like. They went and got a role this Chapman, yeah. and uh, that was just such a crazy deal because they gave up Glaber Torres, who was their number one prospect for a guy for half the season, who ended up going back to the Yankees right after yep. that. Uh, but they did get their World Series, so that's all that matters. Yeah, right? you would be- trade everything. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like you know, there there there's these trades that happen. And you're like, oh man, you gave up this this guy and that guy and whatever. If you get the guy that helps you win a World Series, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. And you know with the Rangers, too, you have Adolis Garcia who is just playing out of his mind. I said Anybody could have had. I said this yesterday. Is he not Randy Rosarina? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the same hype that he's carrying yep. through this postseason, that when he steps up to the dish, you think he's going to do what Randy Rosarina did two years ago. Yeah, you think he's going yard every single Was time. Was that two years ago? Or was that last year? Good Lord. It Everything all, runs together at this point. I was say time has no meaning to me anymore. I think it was two years ago, but I could be wrong. Oh, I should have looked that up ahead of time. It's right. uh, but no, well, Adolis Garcia, 2019, DFA'd by the Cardinals. 2020, yeah. DFA'd by the Rangers. By the Rangers, yeah. And then picked up again. And everybody let him go. Everybody's just like, no, we're cool here. And then he comes back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a, the, the, the waiver system in baseball is so strange because – you see these guys that you would think, hey, everybody would want that guy. I mean, this is, again, a long time ago, but there was a point where the the Red Sox waived Manny Ramirez at one point, and no one picked him up. What year was this? Like, like I, year of age for him. Do you know? He was. It was still when he was like In good. his prime? Yeah. It was early 30s, okay. I think. So I want to say it was 31, was 32. It when he, was it when he cut off a throw it, from center field? It was like peak weirdness, too, <laughs> as well. So in his prime, but also prime Manny Ramirez weirdness. So that's t- t- fair. But he also had a big contract at the time, and he legitimately just passed through waivers, and everybody's like, no, we're good. And they're like, well, I guess you can come back to the Red Sox then. It was the strangest thing. I think they were trying to create – like so, I, not roster space, but you know they wanted to clear right. some money off the books to to sign somebody else. But it was a bizarre time. You know, Manny Ramirez not only killed my childhood in Boston, but he also killed it in Los Angeles. Oh, what did he do in Los Angeles? Uh, when he was uh, with the Dodgers. Yeah, no, I remember um, that. But. I went to the DS game, I believe it was. Oh, I'd have to I'd have to look up what year, but it was the year that Matt Holiday missed the fly ball that pretty could have like could have sealed the win for okay. the Cardinals. Do you remember that when he got hit uh, close to the no-no square? Was it was that what it was? I don't remember. No. He tried to no. like basket catch it and oh. uh, just completely blundered it, right? Yeah, okay. That's and, oh, um, man. I mean, there's 
I believe the the Dodgers came back and and won that game. I, you know, I'm trying to think back into uh, into the long term memory storage <laughs> unit of my of my brain, but I can't I can't think of it exactly. But I'm pretty sure it was somewhere around like the twenty. 2012, 20. So he was in, Bo- or he was in 2014. He was in LA from 08 to t- 10. Okay, so then it was way before. It was probably then yeah. like nine or something when when Holiday had that play. Yeah, because Holiday came over to the Cardinals in like 07, right? Somewhere in there. Um, sorry, I'm typing in. I think his he, drop. I think Matt Holiday came to the Cardinals in like 07. I want to say because I remember him in that. I remember him in like the 2009. Two, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Manny Ramirez is a that was a weird dude. Mm-hmm. NLDS game two, 2009. I was at the game. I c- I could tell you like where I was seated too <laughs> in Bush Stadium, but I couldn't tell you the inning or I I couldn't even get back to that date. Uh, when did you say? Oh, you were asking when Holiday came over. It was about that time because he was uh he was in Colorado, um and was he an Oakland guy too? Uh, Holiday, yeah, yeah, he was Oakland first, I believe. I think he started in Oakland, mm-hmm. then Colorado, then St. Louis. He went Colorado, then Oakland, oh, okay. then St. Louis. Okay. So he came over in 2009. Uh, but Matt Holiday was really good for the Cardinals. Like, yes. won a World Series with the team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, he was, he had, was very good. Had a lot of good seasons, uh, 2010 through 12, and then 15, I think he was an all-star. So he had a lot of great te- – his most productive seasons came with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, so they, uh, just to, to land the plane on the Manny Ramirez thing, they waived him in 2008, um, which was towards, the, he was mid-30s, but he was still pretty productive at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ended up trading him later that year. But, yeah, he, uh, yeah, Manny Ramirez got waived just outright, and everybody's like, no, we're cool. Like, the waiver system in baseball is, is totally nuts. Hey, we're fine. It's Yeah, it's it's a very strange – I mean, guys get, like, Rule 5 draft. Like, Johan Santana, who was one of the best pitchers in, like, the mid to late 2000s, mm-hmm. was, like, a Rule 5 draft pickup because nobody protected him. It was – I mean, baseball's wild. It is wild. The number the, – the places that you find stars is, is insane. Um – Coming up next, what do, what do we want to talk about next? We've got some things. Uh, the Michigan thing keeps getting weirder. How about the, the, let's tease this, the newest piece of information, which may be even the craziest yes. piece of information. Also, Arch, Arch Manning might not be good. <laughs> we'll do that and more coming up next. Are you feeling good? You feeling okay? What are your vibes? We will be back. 